Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. Before we get started, a quick word about our sponsor, Offer to Close. Offer to Close is a transaction coordinator service helping agents get more transactions from contract to close. Spend less time doing the paperwork and more time on your business. Learn more at OfferToClose.com. If you're listening to the show, then you know tech is changing all industries and fast. The rental property industry is not immune to this at all. And thanks to our sponsor, XBased, for helping us shine a light on all the services and companies out there changing the real estate landscape. Go ahead and learn more at xspaced.com. That's X-S-P-A-C-E-D.com, Xspaced, the future of rentals for landlords and tenants. All right, this show has absolutely got me inspired. Uh, there's been a handful of episodes, really, I could say that, where I, I ended the episode and like, wow. I've got to change some things. And I really do think that this is one of those shows. We have Dan Summers from Evest Tech, and they're working on a platform that really enables uh, syndicators or sponsors to raise funds for their capital investment projects. And it's not just real estate, but we really focus in on the real estate aspect of this. I mean, I want you to imagine this. What if you could pull in and say you wanted to find a thousand investors who have a net worth of $2 million or more, who all live within 50 miles of Seattle, downtown, who are lifelong residents and graduated from you know, one of the Washington universities. Well, you can actually do that with their platform. They've got some really amazing tech working with AI and all kinds of other stuff. So, Let's jump into this episode here and hear what Dan has to say. Well, hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that, Nate. Hey, thanks. Uh, first, thanks for taking aside the time to share with us about what you're working on. I'm excited about this because uh, you're working in a space where, honestly, my head gets a little fuzzy. You know, there's numbers thrown at me and I get confused by some terminology. So I hope that you'll be able to, uh, I'll, I'll walk away with a little bit, but also our, uh, our listeners here. But to get us started off right, uh, please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure, I'm Dan Summers. I'm the CEO of Realty Evest and Evest Technology. Uh, we're based in Jacksonville, Florida. We were originally a crowdfunding platform and we migrated away from the crowdfunding platform and integrated that real estate crowdfunding platform into our Evest Technology platform, which is strictly a white label technology for raising capital and managing investors. It's not necessarily real estate centric. We're real estate guys, we get it. So we oriented it towards real estate, but we have clients on our, on our, as our white label clients that raise capital for municipal bonds, for cannabis, uh, uh, agricultural, we'll say agricultural events, uh, <laughs> endeavors, uh, ETFs, uh, hard money lenders are our clients. We've got construction companies, et cetera. So it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, 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 it's the massive opportunity that really what got me excited about this. The technology and real estate have not really embraced each other. And that's why I came out of quasi-retirement to do this. That's so cool. Okay. So I, you know, and, and I looked through a little bit of your background. I know that you've been involved in a handful of businesses over the years. And obviously you've had uh, quite a career here to be able to come out of retirement to slay another big, big challenge here. Uh, and then every one of those items that you mentioned, I know you said it's not exclusively real estate, but let's be honest about ourselves. All those things impact the way we 
invest in real estate. So I, I, I would say this really very much is a, a real estate product. That, I love to first uh, take a step back. What was the journey that led you to coming out of retirement, so to speak, to get EVS up and running here? Well, I, you know, I, I've been in this for a short 40 years, starting in Chicago. <laughs> for personal reasons, we migrated over to Pittsburgh and I started a real estate company there. Uh, my wife and I thought we were crazy, but from a twinkle in our eye, 10 years later, we built it up to 147 full-time employees. We owned half of downtown Pittsburgh and two dozen shopping centers from Naples, Florida, all the way up through Massachusetts. And uh, we got in at the end of the pie eating contests of the IPO endeavor. And we underwrote the IPO with an investment banker and sold the company. And uh, at a ripe old age of 46 or 47, I kind of retired and uh, decided uh, retired to a horse farm. We had a few years there. It's amazing how much money you can spend when you're 46 years old and retired. <laughs> a long road ahead of me. So we, we came down to Ponte Vedra, Florida and uh, started buying some apartments down here, some multifamily with uh, some friends of ours from Goldman Sachs. Built up a nice portfolio, which we still have. And then the Jobs Act occurred. And that basically deregulated an industry that was regulated since the Securities Act of 1933. And for those of your listeners that don't know what that means, it means the floodgates opened, guys. It allowed for the general solicitation of the sale of securities. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. historically, uh, and I don't want to bore you, but this is kind of fascinating. The greatest wealth builder in the real estate history has been the formation of the Resolution Trust Corporation, the RTC. Mm -hmm. In 1989, the federal government took control of 747 uh, savings and loans. So they took control of these insolvent institutions because they were federally insured. And they sold the paper 10 cents on the dollar and billionaires were made overnight. Some of the biggest names in our industry are billionaires because of that. Mm -hmm. And this, this, in comparison, is as massive. The opportunity to generally solicit for third-party investors through, you could put a banner on the back of your Cessna 182 and advertise your deal, raise capital, and it's perfectly legal, as long as you utilize certain regulations within the SEC. So I came out of retirement and we built a crowdfunding company back around 2013, and uh, we, we rocked and we rolled since then. <laughs> wow, uh, there's, <laughs> there's so much in there, uh, so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll start tackling. I'm so glad you brought up the legislation of the Jobs Act. That was 2012, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, because and I and I did take note of that. That you know that basically there was some legislation that passed that opened it up. You like you said for the open solicitation of of raising funds, and that's what's that's what's fueled a lot of these platforms that we see. And and we'll get into a little bit about who can do what because I know that there's still some caveats there. Um, but let, let's tackle this quote. I pull from your site. And I want to hear from you uh, what you think it means and why it's important. It says, EVEST technology is disrupting the private placement market and replacing it with its online public offering market, creating a whole new modern syndication industry. What does that mean and why is that important? Pretty cool, isn't it? I thought that, that is. <laughs> online public offering, OPOs. It's kind of like an IPO, but it's an OPO. So really, uh, we, we came up with the OPO, the the. Uh, that particular offering. Uh, it's basically the convergence of digital technology and the deregulation of the general solicitation laws. So the two converged 
to create an opportunity to, uh, to create an open forum, if you will, an online public offering. So what was traditional, okay, was the old laborious, uneconomical method of raising capital through the 40 pound private placement memorandums that cost you 15 grand and took 60 days to get it kicked out. And you can only raise money through friends, relatives, and, and current clients. And when, was, when the SEC deregulated that general solicitation law, it opened up the floodgates to allow us to digitally market. So we actually created a new market. It's a modern syndication industry. So the days of old of, of not being able to solicit to anybody and everyone is gone. And that's why I liken this endeavor to the RTC. If you really think about it, the opportunity right now for syndicators, for real estate people, is monumental. Yet, and this is amazing, this, is, this, is, this will blow your head up. Last year, there was 400, let's say $420 billion worth of commercial real estate transactions that transacted here in America. Wow. Less than 10% of those transactions were powered through digital technology. They just did it the old-fashioned way with PPMs, attorneys, 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 laborious marketing, dialing for dollars, months on end of raising. It's crazy, man. So wow. think about the opportunity. Think about the opportunity. I, I, I'd say it's pretty massive. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beyond massive. It's, you know, it'll make your head blow up at the end of the day. So that's when we decided, um, in all frankness, we, we have uh, – the uh, high net worth de uh, department for Wells Fargo consulting with us, advising us, and they have been for the last five years. And when we originally met, they asked me what I sold my previous company for, what multiple, and I said, four multiple. They said, Dan, do you know what technology companies trade for? And I said, no. And they said, 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. That instant, I became a technology company. <laughs> so we decided to, we weaned ourselves off of that crowdfunding platform that third, we raised capital for third-party individuals, mm -hmm. right? And we got, we got a pretty good branding. We got 35,000 investors in our database. We got 7,000 oh. uh, people visiting our site every month. It's, and it still continues. We continue to grow it organically. But we, we basically created EVEST technology to license that same technology, however upgraded five years ago, that is now antiquated, upgraded mm -hmm. it integrated some artificial intelligence and we started licensing this oh, less than a month ago. That's a fact. It took us seven months to update the Realty eVest technology, add the AI, and then we kicked it off about a month ago and we are overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Wow. I mean, you're obviously, you're building up a bit of a platform. Uh, you've got quite a few people coming to you. Now, let's talk about those users for a minute. Because uh, I want to talk about, you know, who uses Evest. So if people are listening to this, they're asking, well, hey, is this something for me? Um, first off, uh, do you have to be an accredited investor to use Evest? Well, you have to define the word Evest. So, it, uh, so no, no. Okay. So the sponsor is the licensee. So the sponsor does not need to be accredited. Okay. So. People always ask me, you know, who's a sponsor? Who's your client? And I'll mm -hmm. tell you who my client is. I got guys that drive pickup trucks with hammers and nails and do fix and flips. And I have the fourth largest construction company in, in America as clients. We picked up in the last 30 days. Wow. Everything in between. But in reality, our client is, our sponsor client is 
a small to mid-sized company that we can, my technology, it's robust enough, can become their back office accounting and marketing division. Mm. So they can now eliminate all of those bodies, that, that, that manual labor, displace that with my technology. So the big guys, the big guys will use a feature or two, which I'll explain in a moment, but the robustness of the technology is really not needed, or I shouldn't say needed, wanted, desired by the big companies because they're run by companies as old guys like me, old as me. And mm -hmm. if it ain't broken, I ain't fixing it. So that's the old, that's the old timer, you know, uh, point of view. You're not going to change them, but they're about ready to pass the baton to their kids. They're next to kin who's mm -hmm. a millennial and they get the technology. But mm -hmm. right now, commercial real estate has not embraced technology at all, period. Mm -hmm. Any discussion. So that's why I see there's, there's a massive opportunity for EVEST technology. I, uh, you know, first off, uh, yeah, I mean, I think right now we're seeing this flood, this, this, this total surge of technology finally coming into uh, all elements of real estate, but especially in the commercial uh, real estate. You know, we had uh, Tyler Cobble. He's one of the top brokers here in the Nashville area on the show. And we talked about that. The fact that, you know, if you're you know, as a business owner looking to lease some space, you can't just go to Zillow, type in, I want something, you know, with three offices and in a kitchen and, a, and, you know, two off, you know, waiting areas. It, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's so segmented. So like you're saying, so Evest then, the problem that you guys are really helping solve here is you take the trouble of, you know, the sponsor might have a project. They have this opportunity sitting in front of them, but they don't know who the investors could be. They don't have a pool of investors. They don't know how to market it. They don't know how to follow the paperwork. They don't know how to handle the accounting those are all the elements that you guys handle as, as almost like a white glove service. Is that correct? Amazingly, the answer is yes. And I'll tell you <laughs> why it's amazing. Okay. There, there are platforms out there to do accounting and, and they also will do financial modeling and some of the mundane things. I get that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to come out <clears throat> of retirement, I had to convince myself I could bring something to the party that no one else can. Mm -hmm. What are the barriers of entry? And I recognize the lack of, I mean, really high-end technology to be applied to commercial real estate. So the secret sauce that Dan Summers has always sought and eventually found, uh, third-party capital, investors. So mm -hmm. if you're able to generate investors, you can buy the Sears Tower, right? But how do you solve for that problem? Well, we have, okay? So we have embraced artificial intelligence. All right, AI exists. Put it this way, AI can, can peel a grape. AI, robots can peel a grape. Robot, AI can read an EKG better than a, than a precision, okay? But we still use appraisers that takes 60 days to appraise a commercial office building and pay them $10,000. It doesn't make sense. So right. what we is, is we developed algorithms to reach up into APIs and I'll, I'll tell you a couple of the APIs. All right, some of the secret sauce. We reach up into the county recorder's office. Who owns houses within that are $750,000? Who, uh, and reach up to social media. Who has C-level positions? Mm -hmm. uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, the Census Bureau. You talked about accredited investors. Who makes $200,000 a year or has a minimum net worth of a million dollars? And we aggregate that, da that data, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we correlate it into a, you know, a predictive, through a predictive analysis, 
and who are high net worth, zip code centric, county centric, mm-hmm. address centric, and that's what we give our investors, so our, our, our clients. So when we turn the landing page over to a client, okay, not only does he get all of the other features, but he also gets 1,000 high net worth, unique, exclusive investors with contact info uploaded to their community page within their landing page. Ain't nobody doing that. That's just, that's, wow. that's AI, man. That's artificial intelligence. And that's what we do. It's pretty staggering. That pretty staggering. is, that's incredible. So, um, you know, you, you, you kind of talked to, uh, man, there's so much in there. And I, honestly, I, I have to be honest here. I didn't expect all that. That is, that really is more than I expected. Um, so I'm a little caught off guard, but I want to talk about this. So with that type offering, and obviously you're able to break it down to zip codes and areas, where are you seeing the most traction uh, first from sponsors? You know, so what markets are you seeing the most traction coming from? And then uh, if you're able to share, where are most of the investors coming from? So two good questions. So interesting enough, uh, we're, we have a national footprint. Okay, we, we market nationally, have marketed nationally five, for five solid years, month by month. We have a, a national public relations company out of New York City. We've got internal, we're ter- internally vertebrated with our own marketing people, SEO, PPC, social, uh, et cetera, uh, does all of our marketing. So we have a national footprint, but we get a lot of traffic out of Texas. We get a lot of traffic in New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. tremendous, uh, Atlanta, Seattle, tremendous, and obviously Florida, we're in Jacksonville. Uh, we do some in Vegas, uh, but Texas, New York, New Jersey, California, that's where a lot of our sponsors have come from. Yeah. But it's not to say that, uh, you know, we have a monstrous client in Jackson, Mississippi, all right? That uh, all they wanted, they actually, they're building a monstrous, this is cool, but they're building a monstrous condominium development. And they called me and they said, Dan, I don't need all those features, but you know what I need? I need that investor hire. I need a thousand prospective high net worth buyers for this condo development. Hmm. And they're building a condo development on a, on a huge university, it's a world name. And uh, they said, get me the names of high net worth alumni that graduated from 1970 to 1985. And they make $200,000 plus. And within two days, within two days, I got on that list. Okay. Now, if you go to Evest Tech, you'll see a testimonial from a couple of people there. And mm-hmm. when you read the testimonials, you'll see that I was right. He said, within minutes of sending out that, e- uh, that email list, our website, quote unquote, was crawling with prospective buyers. And within five minutes, we had an appointment with a prospective buyer for a million five condo. That's how robust my technology is. That's a staggering, that's a staggering story. That's it. That is so impressive. I mean, I'm almost... I'm almost like surprised that you don't actually lead with, Hey, we're a marketing company, but I could see why uh, not, you know, to lead with that. But I mean, that's, that is next level marketing capabilities and research and and sales enablement right there. Do you guys provide the sales rep to make the calls too? Oh yeah. (laughs) I have, I have a number of sales guys, (laughs) but I don't want to, you know, this is interesting that you brought that up because the dynamic here is I don't want to come off as a company that says, sells email lists. Okay? Yeah. It's just another feature. The, it would be doing a discredit to the intelligence, the artificial intelligence, and the overall technology. That's just another featured tool yeah. because, you know, 
in addition to that, this will really impress you, okay? Uh, we're about to launch an artificial intelligence-driven valuation tool. It's on mm -hmm. my site. It's done. Uh, we're beta testing for the next 90 days, whereas a real commercial real estate appraiser in MAI can actually um, will no longer have to go through the process of going to CoStar or Reese or Esri or Moody's or Census, whatever. They could type the address in, and I am telling you within seconds, our algorithms reach up into APIs, expensive APIs, and grab about 50 data points, the same data points an MAI appraiser uh, gathers. We actually have one on our staff that helped assist with creating this AI model, and they'll grab all of the metrics, you know, the, the comps. It's, it, it gives a, an income approach, cap rate approach, and a, and a, a, a reproduction a, a approach, valuation, and it will, within seconds, generate a full-blown MAI appraisal, okay, with the results, yes. And you can go to my site at evesttech.com, and it talks about the feature. And it will absolutely 100% displace the real estate appraisal industry completely. Oh, that wow. technology's done. I'm beta testing it because when I go to market, it needs to be perfect. It's wow. It's, it, it's staggering. That, that, is, that is impressive. Do you have to get banks to say, hey, we trust this and we'll work with this? Uh, that's, that's a great question. So obviously I've been working with Wells. Okay? <laughs> that's one of the so you've got Wells Fargo already, you know, you guys have been working together and so that you can meet their standards for, you know, what they would want to see yeah. if they were to lend. That's a great, but here's the other side of it. And this is just as important. It can also act as a due diligence tool. Mm -hmm. So you can get wow. my license and you can utilize the valuation tool as a part of your due diligence. Am I overpaying? What are the comps? What, how should I be doing the projections? What's the rental rate increases? What are the operating expense increases, et cetera, et cetera? And use that as part of your due diligence. So it's, it's a fascinating tool. And yeah. if, if pushed to the limits, this can be a standalone tool that could basically be licensed out to Marcus and Millichap and CBRE and Integra and Colliers, et cetera. Wow, wow, wow. Or yeah. someone comes along and offers you a really big fat second retirement. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Remember, those multiples are uh, 10 plus. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm curious. You're offering a ton of value here. I hear, I hear a lot coming in. This has got to be expensive. Can you talk to me about the price? What does this cost a sponsor to leverage your platform? You'd, you'd think so, wouldn't you? So when we came up with the pricing, we looked at all the competition, all of it. Okay, everyone out there. What tools and features they had and what are they charging, okay? And I, may, I insisted that we surpass, not just head and shoulders, way above the competition in terms of features. And I, I'll tell you why. I come, I'm a real estate guy. I come from a syndication history. I've, I've owned $2 billion as a principal worth of commercial real estate. Wow. Some of the greatest office buildings in Pittsburgh, the Frick Building, the West, I own those. I built this technology for me, okay, for me. What, what, what would Dan Summers want? So, so there's no garbage in there. There's no bells and whistles. Only stuff that's applicable that will help me raise money and manage my, my, uh, my investors. So at the end of the day, I wanted to surpass my competition, but I also wanted to bring value. So I'll tell you how we priced it. It's, it's ridiculously inexpensive. We charge three, a one-time $3,000 setup fee and $1,195 a month. That's it. There's no more percentages. I looked at the competition. The competition charges a percentage of capital raised. 
Um, the, the next closest setup fee was $12,000. And I'm looking to scale this thing. So mm. someone once asked Einstein, um, what's the greatest contribution to mankind to date? And he thought he was going to say some kind of unbelievable invention, you know, the loom or whatever, okay? And he looked up square in the eye and he said, compounded interest. Mm. I thought, that's interesting. So when we did our pro forma, you'd be amazed at how that $3,000 setup fee and $1,100 a month scales and compounds over, you know, five years. It's staggering. Mm. So our NOI at the end of the fifth year is projected to be an annual trading 12, $9 million. So if you've got a 10 multiple, it ain't hard arithmetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did okay in math class. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm curious then. So, and, and this is over the lifetime of holding the asset that, that $1,100 is paid out. Yeah, so we've already had one price increase. So we originally rolled it out at 1000 And we said when we get to a fit, when we get to 50 we're going to uh, change it. We're going to bump it 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. We already bumped it, okay? So we're going to bump it every 25 to 50, okay? Yep. So we hit that ceiling, and that ceiling is going to be around $2,200 a month. Okay. And then we're going to hold Pat there. But if you get in now, as an example, this question is always asked, and you want to go into next, next year, into year two, you stay at the 1195. You're grandfathered so, in. You're grandfathered in. You're a legacy player, man. This is like cell phone unlimited data rates. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> get in while it's still only 50 bucks a month. No, I won't compare it to that. It sounds way cooler than uh, dealing with uh, the cell phone companies. What happens then? So let's ask this one. All right. So I come to you. I say, damn, man, I, I've got this project downtown Seattle. It's a shoe in. Everyone's going to want a piece of this thing, right? We set up the page. We build a list, right? You know, it's local Seattle people who want to build in their own city, own a piece of it. We find the high net worth people. It's got a lot of cool things, but for whatever reason, we just can't pull the project together. What happens? It's real estate. Nothing's guaranteed. Okay. You got a license. You're paying me $11.95. However, you can terminate with 30-day notice. Okay. okay. There's got, I, if you don't want to be married to me or we don't want to be married, there's got to be a divorce clause in there. So give yep. me a 30-day notice uh, because understand something. We are not their primary capital raiser as we were originally with Realty Evest. Okay, I took the responsibility, and it's a heavy responsibility. It truly is. It would keep me up at night, grinding it out, raising a hundred grand, five hundred grand, two million dollars. We did good, but it still kept me up at night. It's not the space I want to be in. So, yeah. license, uh, it's your responsibility. We give you the tools. We put it on our site, and you know what? If you can't raise the money, and we're giving you a thousand high net worth investors that are within blocks of your deal or whatever, where our site gets 7,000 views a month and we're pushing out to our 35,000 guys and you've got your own Rolodex and you can't raise the money, look at the deal. You mm. better look at the deal, okay? Yeah. Look at the sponsor. Look at your capital stack. All right, look at your prep returns. How, how is that structured? So this is the other thing we help our clients with, the structure, because <clears throat> we've done this for so long. We've raised millions. So you'll, they come to me and they say, you know, what kind of a pref is being paid out there? Is there a deferred, accrued? Is it, should be debt, uh, debt equity? Uh, what's the capital stack and so on? And we walk them through that. We know the metrics, okay? Yeah. We know what the appetite is. And, you know, frankly, if you don't hit, a ball, hit it out of the ballpark with deal one, 
kick it to the curb and go deal, do deal, uh, deal two. I've, we've only been up a month and I've got guys on their fourth deal already. Fourth deal. I've, all, I've almost stopped you and said, how, when, when can I uh, send you a check? Credit <laughs> <laughs> <We'll take checks. laughs> card. Fine. That's good by me. Um, uh, no, I mean, and, and I'm glad you bring that up. I mean, obviously in real estate, nothing is guaranteed. Um, but you know, you know, you, you do everything you can to vet it. I mean, truthfully, that's why I believe in it so much is it has the potential of high returns, but also I think when you compare it to other, other vehicles of investment, it feels the safest. It's from what I can tell, it's the safest. Long-term, it's the safest. And, you know, that's, that's my views on it. And uh, I think that that's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about funding. Well, now we're talking about raising money, raising capital. Um, have you guys had to go through any fundraising rounds? Uh, and if so... Um, you know, who's led that round for you and, and how much have you had to raise? So to date, we've, uh, we're hundred percent self-financed. Uh, we've turned down propositions. We've turned down people wanting half the company. We've turned down offers mm -hmm. and so on. I've financed it. My wife and I of 42 years, uh, financed this deal ourselves. Uh, but, uh, three weeks, two and a half weeks ago, we hit the street with our first series a offering. Mm -hmm. I had to make sure that if we go to market, okay, we've got something we could sell. I've got to believe in it. My money's in it, obviously. Yep. Seven figures is in it. <clears throat> we've got to have something that's got a little bit of a track record and a, and a huge uh, upside. I didn't go to New York. I didn't go to venture capital. I didn't go to any house to raise money. I'm in that business. It would be insane for me not to use my platform. So we decided... Okay, we decided to go ahead and utilize our platform mm -hmm. to raise the money. So we've been raising money now for the last few weeks, 25,000 here, 100,000 there, 50,000 here. I think it's the coolest thing. So I didn't want the tail wagging the dog, okay? I got 35,000 people in my database. <laughs> we got a good reputation out there. Yep. And we have a lot of celebrities that invest through us. And, you know, we just, uh, uh, we just got a phenomenal testimonial from uh, – Clayton Morris today, he's a co-host of Fox News for 18 years. Clayton owns part, is an investor in my Series B or Series A offering. Wow. He's also one of our biggest clients. So we get guys like that. So we're slogging it out for the last couple of weeks, raising 2 million bucks. But whether he knows me or not, the multiple, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a 10 times EBITDA multiple at the end of the day. So if you put a hundred in, you're going to get over a million back in 60 months. It's hard to refute when you sit yeah. down and look at the projections. I mean, the projections are ridiculously conservative. And it gets back to what I said before about scalability, right? compounded interest. This money just comp – and we, lose, we predict 40% of the clients we lose every year. So at the mm -hmm. end of the day, if we're doing our job, we're going to keep more than 60%. Yeah, well, as long as you have a growth that's greater than 40% of yeah. what you, you know, your churn rate, then you know, you, all you have to do is beat the churn rate, and then you're, you're good to go. Indeed. You know, there's not enough hours in the day to keep up with prospecting, developing new deals, inspections, open houses, just all the paperwork that comes with being a real estate agent. It's just overwhelming sometimes. That's why I'm excited that we've partnered up with Offer to Close. Offer to Close is a transaction coordinator service that I believe you've been waiting for. 
no lengthy contracts with them, no masses overhead, and you only pay when you close deals. Here's how it works. Offer to Close has transaction coordinators that are also licensed agents. So you can have full confidence in who's helping manage your transactions. Offer to Close helps manage your transactions from contract to close, helping you stay focused on your business rather than administrative work. I want you to go ahead, find out more at offertoclose.com. That's offertoclose.com, offertoclose.com. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome that you're using your own platform. A lot of people don't have that. Um, a lot of, a lot of people don't have that. And you know, some of the tech founders I've talked to, they come from, you know, straight up from real estate and kind of similar stories like you. I needed this thing. I had this concept They called a friend who knew a guy who had this person. You know, we built this thing. We realized we liked it. We showed it to someone, their socks were blown off. So we went with it. And so they're raising their own money. And you know, I, I think it was PropMoto or MetaProp, somebody last month, you know, put out the report of how much money went into real estate tech. It was something like $1.2 billion last month from VC funding. Why do you think real estate now is getting that sort of attention? What's driving that? Opportunity. Uh, there's not a lot of technology, wasn't a lot of technology uh, in real estate prior to the beginning of this year. Uh, you look at companies like uh, the startup WeWork, mm-hmm. we financed by SouthBank. They were lent $4.9 billion out of the box. They just lent them another, nearly another four. They got a valuation. Their valuation just doubled to $40 billion. Okay. How many properties do they own? You want to know what? I don't get it. I've been, I've been doing this pretty successfully, and I don't get it. I mean, why would I spend... $700 million on a downtown New York City office building to sublet property out uh, to its startups. One thing I've learned, and remember this, Nate, real estate is, does not have a plateau. There's peaks and there's valleys, and there's peaks mm-hmm. and there's valleys. What do you do with a $700 million office building in New York City in a valley or a $900 million office building in London that you own? See, the platform is unsustainable. I'm sharing this with you to answer your question. There's so Mm -hmm. much money out there chasing tech companies, and now it's migrated into real estate because there wasn't any in real estate. It's exploding. It's exploding. So we've turned it down. It's expensive. Uh, Once again, tail wagging the dog, and we just don't need it. We don't need that big tranche of money. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy money out there, man. Yeah, it certainly is interesting to see, um, you know, how, how different companies are going about raising capital and, and what they're doing. And, and earlier today, I had a conversation with the founder. I really wish I could say uh, the companies, but I'm very excited for them because they, you know, they got some confirmation about some fundraising coming through and I, I believe in their product tremendously and we'll have them on the show in the future. But, you know, for some companies, I think it's right. You know, they're, they're really on the cusp of something. They've got a great position. And then, you know, there's others, you know, I, I fall into the camp too. I also do not fully understand WeWork. I'm, I'm convinced there's like, there's like a magical potion somewhere or like some, <laughs> some like extra special fountain of, of water that enlightens people to, to understand because the arbitrage model, even in advertising can be extremely risky. Uh, so I just can't, I personally, I just can't understand and imagine putting that to real estate on such a massive scale. And they have debt financing, not just equity financing. Yeah, we did that back in the 80s when it was fashionable over in San Antonio, Texas, where we lease a floor, lease 
a floor of an office building, knock it down into small cubicles and sublet that out. And the arbitrage was good and, and it was sustainable. It was sustainable because you only had so much exposure in San Antonio and Austin and Dallas. And at the end of the day, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. You're on the hook for a year or two years. You negotiate something and throw the keys back. These kids cannot walk away from an Australian building that cost them $900 million. It just, right, right. You know, and God bless them. Oh, God bless the kid that founded that company. He's a wizard. Yeah, He's yeah. Wizard. Well, we're about to move into my favorite segment of the show. But before we do, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, I know that you've got so many things you're working on at Evest, really. Uh, a whole bunch all at once. Uh, but is there anything, one thing that maybe we missed or you feel is really important for people to, to know about Evest Tech to understand what you guys are doing and where you're headed? It's a great question. So we will continue to do R&D. It's R&D without AI is not R&D anymore, okay? So our goal is our $2 million raise uh, for 20% of the company. A majority of that money is going to go into both marketing and R&D. And the R&D is going to continue to grow. It's going to take a big part of our future. And it's going to go into areas as management and other kind of fun features that will eliminate the need for manual uh, hands-on uh, massaging. So, uh, yeah, I, I just want people to know that the, the future for eBest technology will always be in the artificial intelligence arena because it's, it's, the, the competition is negligible, and I think mm -hmm. the horizon is staggering. So that's where we're going with this company. And uh, it's led by real estate professionals. I mean, we're real estate guys uh, versus a lot of the other platforms are led by technology guys. Real estate's an art form. It's a science, okay? You've got to know real estate. You have to have the innate ability to make decisions about real estate that you only learn through experience, not through books and manuals and technology and Google. Okay, you got to know what you're doing. So that's what we married with the technology. Now the technology I can buy, okay? But you can't buy that innate ability to generate a, a perfect cash flow analysis. You got to have a feel for it. So we married the two and it's all upside for us. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I agree that there's some, there's both science and there's some, some feel to it. This is why I was a terrible residential uh, broker in my opinion because I I just don't have the feels for granite countertop and deluxe bathrooms <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I do either my wife does though my wife does <laughs> all right let's move into it we're gonna play a game called for the future uh, for the future is a segment where I ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions Dan you're ready to play oh boy go ahead shoot <laughs> I didn't see this coming just so you know <laughs> That's okay. That's the whole point of it. Question number one, what does Evest Tech look like one year from now? Uh, 100 clients uh, will grow from 12 people to probably 18 people. Uh, I can't get the black hair back, but I might start coloring it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, probably its own office building here in St. Augustine, Florida. There so it is. Just growth. It's just growth. You're going you to raise a fund to, to build that building or buy it? No, we'll do it ourselves. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Question number two. This is the easiest one. Uh, what does the housing market look like one year from now? Well, the light of my crystal ball went out a long time ago, but I think it's safe to say the housing market is going to continue to be robust. Uh, it's, it is robust. The cost of capital is still low, lower than as predicted. Uh, <clears throat> even putting aside the politics, I think the overall economy is healthy. I do think the deficit's going to catch up to us uh, uh, very soon. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, I think 12 months out, 18 months, even maybe 24 months, I think we're going to be in a continue to be in a robust economy. Hmm. Uh, go down here in the southeast, uh, we can't keep up. Construction cannot keep up with the need. Uh, <clears throat> so I think the housing market is going to be terrific, certainly over the next 12 months. Interesting. So following that, question number three, when do you think the next big boom or bust will happen in real estate? So look, they, they used to say every, every 10 years, well, we're at 10 years now and we're still doing pretty darn good. So if you look at vacancy rates, this is an interesting dynamic or metric, watch vacancy rates, uh, rental rates, mm -hmm. and the GDP, okay? And mm -hmm. kind of watch those three metrics. And when you see the rental rates starting to come down and vacancy rates starting to itch up and watch your D GDP, okay, it's, start, it's, it's time to hunker down. We're not there mm -hmm. yet, we're getting close, we're getting close. But at the end of the day, watch those three metrics. And I, th I think we're good. I think we're good for another um, three plus years. But I can't go out beyond that. You know, we, we had um, one of the co-founders from OneRent and one of the senior vice presidents from uh, Renters Warehouse on the show. You know, between those two companies, they manage over $4 billion in single family homes. Wow. And what they shared with me, both of them individually and independent of each other shared that they see rent rates softening across their markets. And they're each in like 70, 80 some markets, each company. Mm -hmm. They're seeing rent rates soften. But I also saw a report out of Seattle that there's actually sections of Seattle, downtown Seattle with, with up to 20% vacancy rates really? in some of the very high end uh, apartment buildings. And uh, that was crazy to me because you know i was sharing with you that we're moving back to bellingham and uh we have you know a less than one percent vacancy rate throughout the year <laughs> which is what i'm used to it where our rental is and so uh i think you're right vacancy rates is one of those uh data points that tells a whole lot about what's happening where the demand is at and if people feel like they can if they've got to stay where they're at or they'll just you know move out and go find something else well, I mean, the answer to your question was really a global answer. You could find the Seattle's, you could find the St. Augustine, yeah. Florida's, and the Nashville's. Okay, they all have different dynamics. Yeah. Keep in mind, you know, the other dynamic is baby boomers are retiring, okay, and they're, they're mm -hmm. scaling down, and you'd be surprised how many of them rent houses or rent apartments. And then you've got millennials that are still carrying a heavy student loan burden on them, and, <laughs> and they can't afford to buy the house. So you're finding, it's kind of cool, you're finding college towns, okay, uh, uh, booming with new constructions because the, the, the boomers like living there and the millennials like staying close to their house or close to their university. So yeah. there's it's, it's a lot of dynamics. It's fun to watch. watch yeah. Read the ULI report, the annual ULI report, and it will share unbelievable amount of dynamics and shed some light on the economy last 12 months and moving forward 12 months. That's great insight. Question number four, the final four. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Great question. Uh, I think the, the, uh, the wow, uh, real estate appraising. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I think the manual side of anything with real estate, especially accounting, appraising, uh, those kind of dynamics are going to fade into the woodwork when you can replace it with machinery, you can teach a machine, you can teach a machine to value a building, you can teach a machine to send pro rata uh, dividend checks every quarter. So these are things that you're gonna see changing. Keep in mind, uh, 
60% of the kids in school right now, their job doesn't exist. Think about that. It, it is crazy to think about. As they graduate and get older, uh, you know, new jobs, new AI oriented jobs are going to present, be presented to them. So technology is going to actually, you know, infiltrate the real estate industry. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right on that. I, I even remember when I was in college and I'd started a social media marketing agency and my professor was like, well, how are you going to make money on Facebook? You don't, people don't even pay to be on it. It's a free platform. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we're not studying Procter & Gamble all day here. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to the last three. Dan, these are questions that are a little bit more focused on you. They help our listeners learn more about you. Um, first one, what are you reading? What, what do you like to read? All right, so I'm an old guy <laughs> in, a, in a new industry. <laughs> so I just finished a book called um, When Machines Do Everything by Malcolm Ford. It talks about the, the four industrial revolutions, the, the loom, uh, the steam engine, uh, Ford's production line, and Fang, F-A-N-G. Okay. Fang, Fang uh, is, you know, the, the, modular, the modern digital technology uh, industry. So you've got Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google is Fang. So that is the fourth industrial revolution. So I like to read a lot about, you know, the lighter side of technology. I don't code. I, I, don't, I don't want to learn how to code, all right? But uh, I, I, I read a lot about mark, digital marketing because I've got to be able to ask the right questions to the kids that work for me. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm really diving deep into artificial intelligence. So that's, you know, the last great book I read, I just, just finished it, is When Machines Do Everything. Fascinating. Uh, Dan, who are you learning from? Wow, you threw me a curveball there. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is going to sound egomaniacal. I, I'm self-taught. I'm a South Side kid from Chicago, ghetto. Uh, <clears throat> didn't, you know, I had one mentor in life, and that was Herb Glimcher from the Glimcher Realty Trust. He taught me everything I know about real estate back in the 80s. Um, but I'm self-taught. I, I continue to be self-taught. Uh, and I'm not egomaniacal, trust me. But uh, no, I learn a lot. Ta I, I, I talk to a lot of people. I, I, learned when to sh I, I learned a long time ago to shut up and, let, and listen. Right? That's the smartest guy in the room. Uh, mm -hmm. So I listen. I have a lot of conversations with, with individuals that I respect. Okay, And it's not necessarily peers as far as age is concerned. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm really self-taught and I do a lot of reading and, uh, you know, I interface with a lot of people. Great question, though. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, last one here. What inspires you or what keeps you inspired? Five grandkids. True, truly. Building a legacy. My legacy. I've got an I've got a incredibly successful son and daughter. My son's an unbelievably successful developer. My daughter's a very successful attorney, and my dream is to get back to the farm. I think we have a thousand acres up north, horse farm, wow. and to have summers with my grandkids. And that's why my aspiration is to build this company and sell it to Merrill Lynch or Charles Schwab. Get out of Dodge, man. I'm done. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> well, you know, I would like to believe they've uh, discovered Evest through the TechNest podcast. You know, we have a very small discovery fee that we insert in there. So when you sell, you know, we'll 
we'll talk to you about that then. <laughs> Dan, this is, this is fantastic. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm, you know, I've gone back and forth in believing that, you know, uh, syndication sounds hard and difficult. Maybe that's why everyone doesn't do it. I should learn it. I should, I should figure this out and pull some to, together deals that are way bigger than I, I believe are possible. And now you have me inspired uh, to go dig back into and ask what is possible. Um, so I really want to thank you for that um, and appreciate your time. Before we head out and close out the show, uh, where can people go to learn more about you as well as Evest Tech? So email address is dsummers, S-U-M-M-E-R-S, at Evest Tech, that's two T's, E-V-E-S-T-T-E-C-H, evesttech.com. And I tell you what's crazy is, is I do this uh, constantly. I, I give out my cell number and I'll do that. It's, it's 904-501-7693. That's my personal cell phone. My phone rings 24-7. But that's <laughs> the one thing I had to drive into all my people in my company uh, is that customer service is number one. If there's a complaint, a problem, drop everything. Yeah. It has to rise to the surface. And I get calls, I get thank yous, and I get calls, you know, of problems. So, I mean, we're not in, a, in, a, in, a, in an industry where the problems don't exist. Okay. We, we try to prevent them, but, you know, it's technology. It's yeah. Like, in any event, so it's dsummers at evesttech.com or 904-501-7693. There it is. I'm, I'm going to send you all the funny cat videos I get now. Uh, <laughs> Just be texting them over to you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Uh, for those listening, you know, check it out. If you've ever thought that syndication was maybe a, above your pay grade, maybe maybe it's not. Uh, if you've worked with Evest, um, that's not a paid promo there. That's genuinely from this talk. I think that uh, it's worth uh, looking into uh, and taking a look. And um, yeah, well, if I ever make it my way down to Florida, I don't get down to Florida very often. We went down this last year. We road trip down, enjoyed it. Uh, maybe we'll go back when all the hurricanes are done and gone. <laughs> you're more than welcome, my friend. Yeah, you know, look me up the next time you're in the Northwest. Uh, I'd love to, to grab coffee and talk more. But uh, until then, uh, I think we'll go ahead and close it out, and we'll catch you later. All right, my friend. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.